Welcome to Setting Captives Free podcast. Jesus said, if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. But many people wonder, how can I be free from things I've struggled with all my life? Anger, impurity, anxiety, depression, fear, gluttony, and so on. Well, today, Eric Hurt and Mike Cleveland study a passage of Scripture that will help you enjoy the freedom that Jesus died to give you. Hello, everyone. Greetings and welcome to another Setting Captives Free podcast. We love doing these podcasts on the introduction. You heard that uh, Eric Hurt and myself, Mike Cleveland, do these, but we have had a special guest for the past three sessions, my friend Alex from Chicago, and so glad to be with you again, Alex. Mike, it's great to be with you. Thank you so much. It's been a real blessing for me uh, to be on the podcast. These have been some of my uh, most enjoyable podcasts, doing these with you, Alex. You've, you've really studied these uh, verses in Psalm 22 a lot, and uh, I've been enjoying uh, learning from you and just fellowshipping with you. And so thanks so much for, uh, for coming and joining me for our final one tonight. Oh, no, thank you, Mike. I've, I've been learning myself as we come before the cross uh, in this beautiful psalm. Thank you. Well, if people are joining us for the first time, we've been studying Psalm chapter 22 as a, a picture of the cross of Jesus Christ. It describes in great detail what Jesus went through when he died and also as he rose again starting in verse 22. Uh, Alex, do you want to make a quick summary here? It doesn't need to be quick necessarily, but uh, just of, where, of what we've looked at up to this point. Sure, yeah. Um, the psalm starts with a verse that I think you know most of us are very familiar with, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So we see Jesus crying out on the cross. We know that he did actually say these words on the cross. Uh, as he was dying, and uh, he was forsaken by the Father, uh, as we've been talking about. Uh, he was made to be sin uh, for us. He took our sin on the cross, on himself, uh, and as the sin bearer, he was forsaken by God. Uh, he took the wrath of God uh, for us, Mike, for all who believe and who receive uh, him as Savior. Amen. So he was he was abandoned. He was uh, forsaken on the cross by God the Father. That was uh, the most uh, horrible part of it. But also by everyone around him. He he goes on to say that he finds no rest. Uh, we reflected on that. He was uh, filled with shame. He went on to say that he is a worm and not a man. He was really reduced. He humbled himself. Uh, to the point of nothing. Um, and all through this, we also see him uh, praising also, but, and, and we see this amazing uh, comparison where uh, the fathers who cried to him and trusted in him were delivered. Uh, they were not put to shame. They were rescued, uh, but he was put to shame. Uh, he was not rescued. Uh, he suffered completely and died. Uh, absolutely on the cross. Um, but he did that uh, to pay for our sins so that we would be delivered, so that we would be rescued, as is so beautifully written in uh, Isaiah 
uh, 52 and 53, um, and in many other passages. So we see this amazing, painful uh, um, picture from his own point of view on the cross. And we see what he suffered. We see how he was abandoned by all, uh, how he had um, the people surrounding him uh, until he died. Uh, you know, he says his, he, he was poured out, his heart was poured out like water. Uh, it was melted within him. He had no strength. He had nothing left. But then uh, at the end of verse 21, we see that even though he was in the mouth of the lion, uh, he was rescued. And then verse 22, the complete change. And now he says, I will tell of your name to my brothers in the midst of the congregation. I will praise you. And so we see him uh, after the resurrection. Um, we also reflected just very quickly on how many of these uh, verses are not understandable without the cross. Uh, you know, he said that for dogs encompass him, a company of evildoers, they have pierced my hands and my feet. I can count all my bones, they stare and gloat over me. They divide my garments among them and for my clothing they cast lots. And I don't think there could be a more accurate description of what happened at the cross. And this is a thousand years before the cross, a thousand years before crucifixion was even used as a form of execution. Uh, which is amazing, of course. Um, and so in starting in verse 22, we, we see uh, the risen Lord in the midst of his people, uh, exhorting us to praise him, to glorify, uh, to stand in awe. We talked about uh, sojourning at the cross because he does not despise or abhor the affliction of the afflicted. He, he joins us in our suffering. He took on our sin. Uh, and he joins us in that to, to rescue us out of that. Um, and then I think that's when we come to uh, the verses that we're talking about today. That was an excellent summary. Um, and just, again, so warms the heart of everyone who believes that message that you just proclaimed. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it talks about Christ being rejected by the Father, that we might be accepted. Of him thirsting, that we might be quenched. Mm -hmm of him uh, being laid in the dust of death that we might be given eternal life um, and of him rising from the dead and of course we rise in christ we have yes. been resurrected from our old dead selves uh, the the self that loved to engage in impurity the love to gratify the lusts of our flesh we've been risen with christ and now we, we are praising him uh, and we've we've come to verse 26 where it says the afflicted or the or the humble uh, shall eat and be satisfied. Um, Alex, it takes humility to come before the cross huh. broken and hungry and eager to receive. Uh, it takes tremendous brokenness um, to experience the healing that comes from the cross. And, and yet this is given to us for food you know, for our souls, not physical food, but for our souls. And reminds me when Jesus was at the Last Supper in Luke twenty two nineteen, he took bread, gave thanks and broke it and gave it to them saying, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So the, the bread was broken uh, 
because on the cross, Christ himself was broken. Even though a bone, no bone was broken, his soul was broken. His yes. inner being was crushed on the cross. And so as we partake of this communion with Christ, we're remembering his brokenness. And then he says in the same way, after the supper, he took the cup saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. And he's referencing here when he went to the cross and poured himself out for us and for the purpose of feeding and nourishing and quenching us. And that's what we come to in this psalm where it talks about the afflicted or the humble shall eat and be satisfied. And I think we left our off at our last broadcast with the fact that finally there's satisfaction for us who have hungered for so long and looked in all the wrong places um, for love, for nourishment, for satisfaction. And at the cross right here, we find all of that, don't we, brother? Yes, we do. A amen. That's, and that's the only place we can find it uh, because we were made uh, to be with him. Uh, he loves us from before the foundation of the world. He's loved us and he purposed to save us for himself. And we are, we are made whole when we are with him, when he is in us. So, yeah, we find our life satisfaction there uh, with Christ our Savior. And in verse 26, it ends with, may your hearts live forever. And this is literally true for all who believe. Uh, because Jesus went to the dust of death, we literally live forever. Uh, you believe, who you lives and believes in me will never die. Uh, because Jesus tasted death for every man, we who believe live forever. Um, you know, people want to find the fountain of youth. Alex, we found it <laughs> yes, right here at the right. cross. Yeah. Amen. That's right. That's yeah. right. It's so now forever life. Yes. And now we begin in verse 27 to see the extent, uh, the effects, and how widespread they are. Uh, it says all the ends of the earth. Uh, wait a minute. Uh, wasn't salvation only for the Jews? Weren't they alone his chosen people? And now we're looking at all the ends of the earth. Uh, shall remember. Shall remember what, Alex? They shall remember and turn to the Lord. They shall remember the cross. They shall remember that God in Christ is for them and not against them. They mm -hmm. shall remember that, that he loves us and he's given himself for us. You know, in Adam, we, we turned away. Uh, from God, Adam did, and as his posterity, we all of us did personally too, turn away from God, uh, but he's bringing us back because of the cross, he brings us back to himself, yes, and like you said, all the ends of the earth uh, this obviously David was never king of all the ends of the earth. Mm. Uh, this goes far beyond anything that David, the author. Uh, ever experienced. So this is so, so much we see. It's really about Christ. Yes, that's a very good point. Uh, and it also tells us how God views the nations, because mm. it says, in all the families of the nation shall worship before you. God views the nations as his children, uh, as the family of God. All believers are in the family of God. 
We've been adopted into his family because the purchase price was made at the cross for us. And we are joining the family of God. We are now co-heirs with Jesus Christ. We are in the family. And that's how God sees us. We see into the, the sight of God here as he looks down at uh, believers in America, believers in Africa, believers in India, believers in the Czech Republic and Russia, and all the nations are his family, uh, adopted, paid for, purchased, brought into the family. We who were enemies of God, we yeah. who were far off, we who were Moabites, estranged uh -huh. from God, far from him, have brought in, been brought in uh, to the family of God. And we worship now. Uh, Alex, what, what is worship? How, how would you describe worship? Well, uh, I think it comes from a, a root of worship. He's worth. He, he is worthy of all our praise. He is worth more than anything uh, that there is. So we really show Christ and God that, uh, that, you know, that he is worthy when we worship him uh, and we worship him with all of our heart and mind and soul and strength. We love him uh, because he first loved us. Uh, he gave himself completely for us on the cross. Uh, how, you know, how, how can we not uh, mm. give ourselves to him? Uh, he, he is worthy uh, of, of all of our life, of all of our praise, everything. Yeah, I love that. And this this worship extends to every uh to the to the far ends of the world, right? No place yes. left out as far every, as the go ahead. Yes, every nation, tribe, and tongue. We see that in uh, Revelation also. Yeah. Yes. A amen. Yeah. As far as the curse is found, uh, there's mm -hmm. a wonderful song that says that. Uh, grace goes as far as the curse is found. The benefits of the cross reach to all people. And all nations, and you know that's because Jesus went so low and humbled himself, becoming obedient unto death, even death on a cross. And Philippians two nine says, therefore, because of the death of the cross, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge or confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Alex, Amen. one day we will encircle the throne of God. Brother, I can't wait. We will be declaring worthy is the lamb who was slain for by your blood you purchased men for God. And, and this is what we're declaring is the worth, as you said, declaring the worth of the lamb. All nations uh, we'll be declaring the worth and worshiping King Jesus. Um, and so uh, we go on then to verse 28. Do you want to read that? Yes, it says, For kingship belongs to the Lord, and he rules over the nation. So we really see that again. He's a king. Uh, we reflected before the images of him as a priest and even as a sacrifice, and now he, we see him as king also. Uh, he's really everything. For us uh, that we need but he's king he's the king of kings lord of lords he rules over over the nation 
Yes, and we have not seen this up to this point where he's hmm. uh, in Psalm 22, we're, we're referencing his death, his suffering, his humiliation. But now we're seeing not only his resurrection, but the extent of his rule yeah. and his kingship hmm. reminds me of uh, a little book of Obed 121. Um, Obadiah it says in verse 21, Savior shall go up to Mount Zion to rule Mount Esau, and the kingdom shall be the Lord's. Uh, hmm. This is referencing the extent of his kingship as it spreads out over the earth as the, as the waters cover the sea. Um, yes, amen. And we long to see every tongue confessing, every knee bowing <laughs> to the kingship of King Jesus. Amen. Uh, we, and we see that verse 29, even where uh, all the prosperous of the earth eat and worship before him shall bow all who go down to the dust. That's exactly what, what you were quoting from Philippians before. Uh, right. Even the one who could not keep himself alive. We, we can't keep ourselves alive. Um, but every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Mm. Uh, so how much more? joy do we have to do it now uh, right. now and forever uh, amen posterity shall serve him it shall be told of the lord to the coming generation uh, yeah. so he wants us to take this message of the cross and tell others about it tell the next generation uh, that your sin has been atoned for that your mm -hmm. guilt has been crucified that your sins have been removed from you by this one who was pierced in his hands and feet, by this mm -hmm. one who became a worm for you that was laid in the dust of death for you and then rose from the dead to justify you before God. Uh, and we're supposed to take this message, Alex, and tell it to Amen. all. Uh, Amen. To every yeah. creature it's, alive. Every creature. And it shows, you know, generation after generation, this is uh, a forever message. It's been 2,000 years. It has not grown old. The blood has not lost its power. Uh, it continues. And so, yes, we proclaim uh, his death, his resurrection for our life, our salvation. Amen. Yes. And we are, are not supposed to get distracted, Alex. We, we have a singular message to tell. Um, we address hundreds of subjects through the eye of the cross. Uh, and so we are to be, in a sense, narrow-minded, <laughs> not, not <laughs> narrow-minded in the typical sense, but by that we simply mean we have one message to give and we dare not be distracted from it, but to focus like a laser uh, on the cross of Jesus Christ. Because as you said, the blood has not lost its power down through all these millennia. And that's our message. It sounds weird to say there's power in the blood, but right. it's talking about power to rescue you from sin, power yes. to, to remove God's wrath, to, to redeem you from your sin, to pull you out of your pit, to dispel your darkness and to bring right. light to you. This all happens as you look at the cross and see the blood of Jesus being shed. And, and so we take this message, this message, to yeah. the coming generation, to all people, and we, we spread it abroad to as many as, as we can. Um, what is verse 31? How does this conclude? 
This is the final verse. That's beautiful. It says, They shall come and proclaim his righteousness to a people yet unborn, that he has done it. He has done it, so it must be finished. It is finished. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Again, yeah, what, an, uh, what a wonderful, awesome uh, finish. He has done it. Mike, he has done it. We don't have to do it. We don't have to work our way to heaven. We can't. He has done it. He's done everything to bring us to himself. It, he has done it. it. It's just so amazing. Uh, Alex, con contrast for just a minute this message that it is finished that he has done it with with every other religion in the world, right? Hmm. Yes. I shouldn't say every yes. other, because Christianity is not a religion. But no. every religion in the world, um, contrast this for just a minute, if you would. Yeah, every every religion in the world is about what we do to earn God's favor. What we do to work our way into his favor, what we do to work to offset our sins. Uh, and we can't, we can't do that uh, because it is not of works. Uh, our faith uh, is the only one that has God coming down to us, uh, God sacrificing himself for us. Every other religion is man trying to sacrifice himself, his children, his property uh, to appease uh, whoever they think is their God. Um, but that's not God. That's not the God of the Bible, uh, the God of the Old and the New Testament. It's all one. He uh, himself uh, bears our sin. He comes down to us. Like you said, he did not... Uh, uh, you know, he did not count it shameful to come to earth, to be born among us. Uh, but he purposed to do it by his own love because of the, his great love for us. In eternity past, uh, he and the Father and the Spirit made a, uh, a, a compact together. They made a, a covenant together to redeem. Uh, and so uh, Jesus comes down. He lives the perfect life. And he dies on the cross to pay for all of our sins and is raised from the dead. And in him, we have new life, like you said. Our sins are paid for. Uh, the chains uh, that we were in slavery to sin are broken. And that doesn't, you don't find that anywhere else. You find that nowhere else. That was beautiful. <laughs> that was a, that what caused me to worship. You, you know, if you think about it, every religion in the world, as you said, seeks to work their way to God. But that would be like a worm becoming a king, <laughs> trying to become a king. But our king became a worm, became a worm. for us and humbled himself unto death. Um, Titus 3, starting with verse 3, says, For we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy, hated by others and hating one another. But when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, he saved us. Huh. He has done it. 
Uh, it is finished. He saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit. And so it's not by our works. Uh, this is something that is natural to us. We think that we can work our, off our sin. Um, uh -huh. You know the difference between Cain and Abel. And so Cain brought an offering of his own works. And, uh, and yet that was not accepted. No religion apart from faith in Jesus Christ will be accepted by God. I know that sounds narrow. It is narrow. But we love you enough to speak the truth in love. Uh, yeah. you, you could not come to any other boat in the time of Noah's day and say, oh, well, all boats lead to Mount Ararat. No, no, there was only one ark. And Jesus is our ark of safety. And we are inviting you through this podcast to come to him. And, uh, and for he has done it. Uh, yes. When we think about he has done it or it is finished, what are we talking about? What has he done? Um, what are some things that come to your mind as we think about uh, the, what he has done, what he's accomplished? Uh, he's, a, he's accomplished everything for us. He's, he's saved us. He reconciled us to God. We were enemies of God. Uh, we were only digging ourselves deeper into sin. We were dead in our sins and trespasses. We, we had no life within us. Uh, we read in Ephesians chapter 2, we were dead in our sins and trespasses. But God, uh, because of his great love for us, uh, even while we were uh, dead in our sins, he sent Jesus to the cross to pay for those sins. And then he raised him from the dead. And in him, we can have a new life, a new heart. Uh, like you were saying, a heart that loves him and yearns for him and then wants to obey him just as a response to what he's already done for us. Um, but he has done what we could never do. He has paid for all of our sins. He, and he has given us his perfect righteousness. Mm. Uh, He's made a way. Uh, he's, the, he's the mediator between God and men. Uh, that's, those are my thoughts. <laughs> I have a feeling you could keep right on going there, brother. <laughs> There's so much, you know. And There's so the, much. Yeah. The, the word he, it is finished. Now, Psalm 22 ends with this. He has done it. Uh, Jesus on the cross ended with it is finished. Um, but those words were found on a tax receipt in the first century A.D., huh. uh, meaning huh. paid in full. Yeah, uh, amen. And, and if you're listening to us today and you feel that you are under a load of debt because huh. of your sin, that you cannot pay it off, you're absolutely right. But turn to the cross and look and see that it's paid in full. It is finished. He has saved us. He has set us huh. free. Uh, he kept the law perfectly in our place, and Christ is the end of the law for righteousness. Uh, he has redeemed us. That means he bought us back out of slavery. He has rescued us from the, the power and the dominion of darkness, brought us into the kingdom of, of light. He has atoned for your sin. He made amends for you. He has declared you righteous and holy. 
He has reconciled you to the Father. Yes, indeed, Alex. He has done it. It is he has done it. <laughs> and, and I just praise him and I thank him. And mm. if if you are, are here listening to us today and you're feeling like you have to keep doing, uh, maybe you've bought into the world's methods of taking one more step and working the program and doing the things that, you know, being religious, doing all this stuff, stop for a minute and look at the cross and hear Jesus say to you, it is finished. He has done it. And now rest. Enter into his Sabbath rest where, where you stop working. Uh, just as God did on the seventh day of creation, stopped working. That's what you need to do. And believe. The work for you to do now is to believe in the one he has sent. Alex, as we close this passage, I want to thank you so much for the time that you've spent, for all the study that you've done, and for coming and sharing the richness of God's word with us. Oh, thank you, Mike. It's It's been my joy and, and a blessing. So I, I thank you, and thank you for the podcast, and thank you uh, to Eric for allowing me to take some time on here. <laughs> well, I want to pray just now, Father, as we... Uh, close this particular segment of our study on this podcast. We have experienced the richness of your word. We have experienced and have seen that you, Lord Jesus, became poor. You became impoverished in our sin. Why? To make us rich. And we've experienced that you came and did the work so that we can now rest. And you finished the work of salvation of sanctification, of transformation, that we might rest in your finished work. And Lord, there might be someone listening to us right now who's under the burden of sin, who's been broken by it, whose heart it feels crushed, who maybe they feel like a worm. Maybe they, they sense that, that you are displeased with them because the bondage that they're under and the captivity, the slavery to sin, Lord, would you lift their eyes right now and let them gaze, let them turn aside for a minute and sojourn for a while. Let them lift their eyes to Jesus. Lord, call, call them to look at you and to see that you took their burden off of them and you took that burden on yourself, that you removed their sin from them as far as the east is from the west. Lord, call them to come and contemplate the finished work, that they might receive the forgiveness of their sins, that they might receive the breaking of the power of their sins, that they might receive this finished work that you did. And we thank you and worship you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 This has been a podcast of Setting Captives Free. For more information or to enroll in free interactive courses on finding freedom, please go to settingcaptivesfree.com. Tune in next time for more truth that sets captives free.